0: Father's Day to my fellow fathers out there again. We said it a million times. Can't say it enough, right? Stay. Okay, you got to show some, some dads uh, for love. But I can tell you, I've already felt some going on uh, with Father's Day. But you know, I don't know what kind of dad you have. It can definitely bring up a lot. But as our children in the video shared this morning, you have a heavenly father who loves you and wants to bless your life. No matter what your background, whether he was great or he was absent or he was not good, you know, whatever your story, you have a Heavenly Father. And if you're a guest here with us today, I really want you to know we're super glad you're here and God's super glad you're here uh, because he's got something to tell you today. He's got a great gift. Today we're wrapping up a a series that we've been doing for the last four weeks. Today's week five. It's called Forgotten God based off of a book uh, that Francis Chan wrote a few years ago. And, and really what this, the, the book is about and the theme of our series is, is reversing our neglect of the Holy Spirit. And if you've been with us for the whole duration of the series, you realize, man, I have left him out of the picture. And, and, and so we really want to grow in our reliance in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I hope we're finishing the series today, but I hope this can be the beginning of something really awesome in your life. And we're not gonna lay it to rest, okay? We wanna continue to focus and understand more about how he works in our lives and the great, great, great gift that God has given us and given us the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you missed any part of it, if this is your first time and you say, man, I'm showing up for the end of the movie, kind of like Albert did uh, you know, on Tuesday night, hey, you can go back. Can't go back to Tuesday because we didn't record that, but you can go back to any one of our classes or any one of our series, and I highly recommend, even if you were here, to go back over some of this material because it's so, so important. That's what I have to do. Uh, I evaluate myself. And, and we got some discussion questions today. Highly recommend you go through that. And uh, Jesus, we started the whole series with this verse. Jesus said to his disciples, very truly I tell you it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, in other words here the word advocate is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I go, I'll send him. And basically what Jesus is saying is he says when I send him the advocate, the Holy Spirit, it's going to be way better. And that's hard for us. You say, man, I'd rather have Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't. You don't understand. And I think even though they didn't understand and they were sad, some of us are like, I don't understand. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be in pursuit of the Holy Spirit and how he works in your life. Study your Bibles, get to know. And if you're a guest here today, I want to invite you to understand what God wants to give you in your life because it can change everything. It can change everything. So this is the verse that we looked at. Uh, we, we gave out some promise cards. I don't know if you got one. Uh, if you didn't, our, our guest services, they have extra cards. If you are missing uh, week three, we've got more cards, the promises of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I've gone to outlining my card uh, with different things just so that I can go through it a lot more. But I want to encourage you to pray through this card. Uh, ask God, claim these promises that He's given us. And then last week we talked about a real relationship. How's that going? And, and for those of you who were here last week, how's the conversation going between you and the Holy Spirit? H- have there been any words that he said to you that have been, you know, maybe a little unsettling or encouraging or, or whatever, however it is? It's a real relationship. And some of you are thinking, you're out of your mind. No, no, this is this is the Bible. This is what the Bible teaches, that life is spiritual and there's a spiritual realm that we can cross over and have a relationship with God within us. So I really want to encourage you to to, to engage and go through that. And and kind of to start us off, we always start off with a question, but this is a huge question that people like to ask me, ask themselves. They go around and they ask, hey, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? I'd really like to know. And we ponder this question, you know, what's it going to look like? Uh, I, I want my five-year plan. How about a 20-year plan? What kind of relationship? Is he the right one? Is she the right one? You know, is he my dreamboat? Is she, is she the one? You know, what's this going to look like? And we want to know, what's God's will for my life? But you know, really? Really, this question that we ask ourselves a lot, and some of you are nodding your heads because you've been asking this question, this, this question is misguided. It's really misguided. Do you know why it's misguided? Because the majority of the people, there were very few people in the scriptures that knew what God's will for their life was. Did you know that? I mean, obviously, he wanted them to be in a relationship with them, but I'm saying as far as the five-year plan and what's this going to look like and, and, and what career am I going to have? Is this the right career? Is the other career? Let's give you, I'll give you an example. Abraham, what, what did God say to Abraham? One word go. Didn't tell him where, just told him go. And I'm sure he was tempted to, hey God, what's this plan that you have? And he, you know, God, God said, well you're gonna, your descendants are going to be like the stars in the sky but yeah, how's this going to play out? You know, how, where am I going to live and what's, what are the people like and where are you taking me, God? Just go. And wh- why did God do things like that? Let's jump a generation, Isaac, then Jacob, Jacob really wanted to know and and kind of manipulated the plan, you know, worked it for his own benefit, but he still asked God, hey, what's your will for my life? And did he get an answer? Not necessarily. See, in the relationship with God, what does he want? He wants trust from us. And I believe this question that we want to ask a lot, what's God's will for my life, is a cop-out. It's a cop-out because, see, if we knew God's will for our life, would we walk in it? Would we really walk in it? And we're obsessed with knowing how to get from point A to point B, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I kind of like the navigational systems that we have now because you just plug in the address and you know exactly how long it's going to take, what the traffic's like. You know exactly how to get from point A to point B. What's that going to take? And we think we can live our lives like that. We think we can treat our relationship with God the same way. I I just want to let you know there are very few people in the Bible, very few people that I know of, that it works. God's going to give them the script. Here's how it's going to work for you. And he does it on purpose. He does it on purpose because he knows us better than we know ourselves. And I know me. If I know the plan... I'm mean, going, right, God's got it. I don't have to walk in it because I already know it. It's all going to work out because he's got the plan. But if he doesn't tell me the plan, and he says, listen, I want you to trust me, and I want you to walk in the plan. Look at, look at, look at these verses. We're going to spend some time in Galatians today, but look at this verse that Paul told the church in Galatia. Galatians 5.16, he says, so I say, walk in the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's something about walking. How many people walk in L.A.? Really? Do you walk to work? I would say there's very few of us that walk anywhere. We ride, we drive, we fly. We do a lot of things, but there's not a whole lot of walking going on. There's something about walking. Walking involves steps, right? And when you walk... You understand, this, this breaks down into smaller pieces to get from point A to point B. In fact, so I can get to my plan for God, i got to start with when? Today. And if I want to get to God's plan, and I know he has a plan, he just hasn't revealed it to me yet, if I want to get God's plan, it starts today. See, today i got to do what I need to do to get to God's plan. I got to walk faithfully with him. I got to say no to certain things because I know those certain things are going to take me off the plan. Oh, See, you walk by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, wants us to walk, not run, not ride, not fly. You know, he, he wants us to take steps. And I believe a lot of times why, the reason why we want to know God's plan is because it's a cop-out we want to know the plan because we're afraid we're afraid and what's God saying by just walk just take a step in my direction what's he saying you got to trust me this is a relationship you got to trust me and I want you to trust me today don't worry about tomorrow don't worry about your five-year plan your 20-year plan you know, we got all this technology that can map out our plan and our future. And you know that you got to be responsible, but at the same time, there's no trust in that. And so what God is asking us to do, and look at this verse. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. There's something about a step. If you knew the plan, which way would you step? Do you understand that if you step in this direction, you're moving in God's direction? But if you step in this direction, you're moving away. See, the way you get to God's plan starts today. Not next week, not next month, not this summer, not this fall, not next year, 2016. It starts today. What are you going to do today to start you on your path for God's will? And if you knew God's will for your life, more than likely because he knows us, we wouldn't follow the plan. We wouldn't follow it. And so that's why he's broken it down. And there's no real relationship when you've got a plan. When you've got a relationship, it's, I'm going to live with you today. I'm going to interact with you. I'm going to engage with you today. And so this is how he's broken it down. And you can see it over and over again. Jesus told his disciples, he said, go into all nations and make disciples of all nations. And I'll be with you. Right? Could you imagine being one of the disciples to sit there and go? All nations? How many nations? I can only think of five. They were in, they were in Palestine. There's only I mean, five or six that they knew about. All, the, all How's this going to work? How are we going to do it? There's no planes. There's no email. There's no cell phones no nothing. How are we going to do this? And did the plan work? But how did the plan work? You can read the, the, the book of Acts, right? How did it work? Trusting each and every day. A lot of times the missionaries, the apostles, they didn't know where they were going. They just went. And the Holy Spirit would guide them along. And we want to live our lives differently than that. We want to have it all mapped out. And no relationship with God. I don't need him. Cuz I got the plan. And this is this is really huge. This is why you and I need to walk in a relationship with God each and every day. Following. Now, a lot of us in Christian modern Christianity day, we want Jesus to follow us. Yeah. He's going to be my co-pilot. Jesus is going to ride with me. And I, I, I was thinking, there's a song that I used to know a long time ago. I, I want Jesus to walk with me. You remember? Yeah. I want Jesus to walk with me. <laughs> you know, that describes a relationship where you're leading and you're deciding. And is that going to lead to God's plan? And, and let's just be honest today. Are you on God's plan? When you've when, when you got Jesus following you, and he doesn't want that kind of relationship, the relationship that he's inviting us into is, follow me. Follow me, and I will lead you. But that requires trust on our behalf. And so that's really the issue. And, and I just want to ask this question today after we're finishing the series. Do you really need the Holy Spirit? Let's be honest. Do you really need the Holy Spirit? Yes. I question you and your yes. See, because for the life that you're living right now, the life that you're living right now, I believe somebody could do it just the same without the Holy Spirit. Because it's not stretching you, it's, it's not anything extraordinary. It's not anything that's going to push you, that's going to scare you, that's going to be, wow. You know, there's a lot of people living a similar life that you live, and they don't have the Holy Spirit. So I don't know if you really need the Holy Spirit for a semi-moral life where you go to treat go to church kind of regularly. Do you really need the Holy Spirit for that? Seriously. And I believe for for Christians today, you know, modern Christianity, do we really need the Holy Spirit when we've got great singing, great video illustrations, a charismatic speaker, dynamic things going on, a children's ministry, we've got great curriculum, great things, but do we really need the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Not to be laughed. And when you think about the book of Acts and our Christians in the first century, oh my, did they need the Holy Spirit. See, because their lives were at risk all the time. And for who they were and their character and their way, it it wasn't a a settle in. And, And let's just look at a couple verses. I know you guys know, some of you guys know these verses. Remember these? Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said, He said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Does denying yourself or saying no to yourself come naturally? Do you need the Holy Spirit to deny yourself? I do. I am a tremendously selfish, self-absorbed, self-focused person and prideful on top of that. To do do this, to do this, I need the Holy Spirit. But some of you don't need the Holy Spirit because you're not denying yourself. You're doing whatever you want, when you want, how you want. And you make it look like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a call to discipleship. This is a radical call. I'm asking you, Jesus, I'm asking you to give up what you want and take what I want and make my priorities your priorities. Now, this is even the bigger one. Let's look at the bigger one. And deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Do you know what this means? This means that you're going to go through tremendous suffering. That's what he was saying. What was a cross in the first century in Palestine? What did a cross mean? It means a death sentence. They'd hang you on a cross for 12 hours until you suffocated. It was a form of of killing, a a revolution, a movement, whatever it was, you kill it by brutally murdering someone. Now for us today, you know what it means? Yeah, I got to carry my cross, you know, my wife, my kids, my work. You know, I got a pain in my hip, you know. I got a pain in, in, in my side or I got a health problem and I got to carry my cross. It's a long way. But do you need the Holy Spirit for this? I do. This is scary. This is scary. And, and, and daily, daily. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. It's not a one-time anointing and you're done. It's something you need. He needs. You need to be in his, with him every single day. Had a great day yesterday, doesn't mean I'm gonna have a great day today. So I need the Holy Spirit today. Daily. Daily, he goes on. And he goes on to say this. Remember this verse? Luke 29, 24, and 25. He says, For whoever wants to save their life will do what? Do you need the Holy Spirit to lose your life? What what do we want to do? We want to save ourselves, don't we? We want to protect ourselves. It's our nature. I mean, everything we do is about self-protection. And, and Jesus saying here, I want you to lose your life, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? These are strong, these are strong challenges. See, I believe you need the Holy Spirit to do this, but I'm not sure we need the Holy Spirit to do this. Come on, let's be honest modern 21st century christianity do you really need the holy spirit when we've geared it we've geared everything so that it's for your convenience my fault our fault come on guys let's be honest do we really need the holy spirit do you need him are you desperate for him that's just such a stretch it's such a pull i mean i can't do this god not one day a week, or once a month, or, no, no, every day, because this is such a high calling. Really. So let me put it to you this way. I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. So I go out and I buy the best state-of-the-art treadmill on the market. And it's got all the bells and whistles, fans, incline, decline, everything, I mean, it's just, it's awesome a couple thousand dollars worth of treadmill. So I buy it, talk to the sales clerk, is this the best you got? Okay, take it home. Three months later, I come back and I say, it didn't work because I didn't lose any weight. <laughs> didn't work at all. Sales clerk's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Is it broken? Does the motor not work? Does, does the screen not work? You know, the, the, the numbers and the timers and, and the routine, all that. Does it not work? No, it works just fine. I just didn't lose any weight. And then he asked the direct question. Did you use it? <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. That's a stupid story, isn't it? silly let's just change it a little bit prayer see God I got this problem with lust and pornography and I've been praying for you to take it away and I can't seem to break it so I'm bringing prayer back because it doesn't work I've been trying to change this, this, this area of my life of forgiving my dad. And my life is overrun with, with bitterness and anger and resentment. And I'm on year 30. And I've been praying for God to take this away. And hadn't. hadn't worked. See, this treadmill doesn't work. This prayer, life of prayer that you're talking about doesn't work. You can fill the blank in with anything in your life that's hard to struggle, to change, to be transformed, and you can do the exact same thing you do with the treadmill and say it doesn't work. But the real question is, have you really used the treadmill? Have you really, really engaged in prayer? Have you connected with other opportunities for the Holy Spirit to change who you are into a different person? See, this is where the tension lies. Look at this. This is is an interesting verse that has the appearance to be contradicting itself. Therefore, Paul says this to the church in Philippi. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. So, what's the saying? I got to do some work, right? I got to do something. And it's not a free ride, it's work. I got to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Now listen, the very next verse, check this out. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purposes. So which one is it? My work, God's work. Which one? Doesn't that seem to contradict? I mean, we could have an argument all day about are you saved by grace alone by itself, or is there something you got to do? Something you got to apply. So is it my work or God's work? Yes. Yes. It's both. See, You and I have to engage. We have to struggle. We have to to do our part in this pursuit of the Holy Spirit. When you read read the Scriptures and when you talk to people who have really changed some really hard things in their lives, and I just got to tell you guys, there are some people in our church that have wrestled and choked out some really hard things in their lives. I'm talking about addiction. I'm talking about anger problems. They've really wrestled it to the ground. Ask them, did they pray a couple times and it just bam changed. People who have been in really serious marriage trouble really serious trouble was it a couple of prayers and bam everything's different. No. It really took a struggle. It took a struggle. And you know, and you think about it, what kind of church do we really want to be? I mean, just, just, just church. Let's talk about church. There's something supernatural about it, isn't it? We worship a God who's all-powerful, who changes our lives. But let me ask you a question. Are things going on around us supernatural? Is your life, is your life supernatural here's the thing about church today you get a nice building you get a really good charismatic speaker you get a good uh, organizational plan children's ministry volunteers really great can you build a good church yeah you can but do you really need the holy spirit can you really say it's a supernatural church? I mean, I mean supernatural somebody walks in the door and go, "What is going on in this place?" God must be here. He must be here. He must be working. There's no other way to explain it. See, I don't want people to look at my life and say, "Oh yeah. I see how he does what he does." I mean, let's just be honest. Do you think I could be a good sales rep of insurance? Some of you are shaking your head. <laughs> Somebody from the outside and say, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he could sell. I mean, that, nausea- that nauseates me. Because I don't want to be a good salesperson. No, 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 listen, guys, I, I, I want, I want, I want things to be so, so like where you just go, there's no way. There's no way to explain this away. Let's look at your life. Is there a way we can explain away who you are and how you live? Let's just put you next to your neighbors. I mean the best one on the block. We look at you, we look at them. Can we explain away who you are? See, that's not a supernatural church, guys. This is not God's plan. I mean, open open the Bible, read the book of Acts, and you're just going to go, wow. There's just no way you can explain some of the stuff that went on. It's just like, no way that was God doing his work. I mean, the changes that happened, the courage. I mean, it's just like, wow. Wow. And so we've got to ask ourselves, do we want a supernatural life and a supernatural church? Look at this. These are probably the most challenging verses for followers of Jesus in the Bible. Galatians 5.22. Anthony talked about it a few weeks ago. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. This is miraculous. How are you doing on this list of nine qualities? Do you need to grow in any of them? Interesting thing, it's not the fruits of the Spirit. What's he say? Fruit. That means if you're, the Holy Spirit is living in you, living in me, we're going to have all of these. can, Can I make a confession? Can I make a confession? I do not have all of these at the level I want them. And at the level I need them. And can you imagine saying this? I wanna become a more loving person. Mm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go loving. (laughs) I'm just gonna grind it out and I'm gonna be a loving person, okay? And I'm gonna grind out joy. I'm gonna be happier. I'm gonna be more joyful. Mm, joy. Is that the way it works? Mm -mm. Let's talk about peace. We live in one of the most stressed out societies. And I got a problem with stress sometimes. Do you? Are you anxious? Are you worrisome? So what do we need? I need the Holy Spirit if I want this. I need him. I need more of him, not less of him, more of him. If I want to see these qualities, all of them in my life, I need these to be a good husband, to be a good dad, to be a good minister, to be a good neighbor. I need these. And so if we're not supernaturally becoming this, what's that say about our relationship to the Holy Spirit? Are we a supernatural follower of Jesus? Then we need more, don't we? And I hope that you can decide today you want more and you need more and you want to pursue more of the Holy Spirit. Look at this verse. This is really, really clear. Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Isn't that true? You can't fake it. A man reaps what he sows. So if you've been living a particular life for an amount of time, you're going to reap what you sow, right? And some of us get surprised when a marriage or a family or a person blows up. You go, wow, I thought he was such a good disciple. Uh, He's been in the church for 20 years. However many years. And so, really, we've got to ask ourselves, what am I sowing today that's going to reap something tomorrow? Are you sowing? And he gets really clear next verse. In verse 8, he says, whoever sows to please their flesh from that flesh will reap destruction. It's really clear what happens when you sow in the flesh. How's it going to work out for you? It's going to be a mess. It's going to get messy. And I'm waiting for the day when it gets less messy in the church because of how we've sown day in and day out. A supernatural church. But whoever sows him displeased, the spirit from that spirit will reap eternal life, supernatural transformation of our lives. Now, I believe that that list that we looked at, this, this list here, this isn't to guilt us out, okay? I want you to hear me. It doesn't, it's not there to guilt us out. It's there to call us higher. There's more for you. There's more for you. But this really comes down, reaping and sowing is, how am I investing my life? How am I investing my time? And we talked about this, you know, last week, a real relationship means you, you spend less time doing this and you spend more time doing this. How's your prayer life? Do you really need prayer? How much prayer? Have you really decided? And not only that, have you fasted? Have you gone without? And said, God, I, I need you so much, I need you because I'm going to do away with food for a little while because I don't need it as much as I need you. You pick the fast. Social media, you pick it. God, I need you more because this stuff is pulling me away from you. I don't need TV for a month. <sighs> what? <laughs> no TV? How, how desperate are you? How how much do you want this change in your life? I didn't share this with you guys, but in the spring, during Lent, you know, 40 days before Easter, I I did a fast, a Daniel fast. I mean, my character came out. I love food, and I love certain types of food. I learned so much during that time. And I want to do it again. You know why? Because I'm, I'm realizing I need more of God. I don't need that food. I don't need it as much. I don't need these things. But I need God. I want more of Him. I need more of Him. Is that where you're at? Are you desperate? Do you want to see Him change your life and not just yours? Because if yours changes, guess what happens to the people around you? They get inspired and they go, there's no way to explain this away. This guy's different. She's different. I want that. And it's contagious. It's contagious supernatural church, a supernatural church. Now, this is a really, really awesome verse about prayer. James 5, 17. Elijah was a human being. Why is he saying that? Because he's just like you and me. He was a man just like you and me. He's a hero in the Bible, but the reality of Elijah was just like you and me. Do you know that Elijah stopped the rain for three years he stopped it because he prayed it and then he prayed it again after the three years and guess what happened it rained and it says this elijah was a human being and as uh, even as we are but he prayed what how do you pray another word is fervently when's the last time you screamed at god I mean, just let out a yell. I need you desperately. I need you. When's the last time you spent a night praying, an hour praying? I mean, just just stretching it. You know, up until this fall, I've been a a Christian for 29, 30 years. I've never done a 40-day fast. And that challenged me. So it's never done anything like it. And that's why I did it. Because I don't want to do things that I've never done before. I want to grow like I've never grown before. What about you? Do you really want to see evidence of supernatural change, transformation in the areas that we just talked about? But it comes with earnestly, desperately, fervently praying, fasting, seeking God. And here's the thing you've got to understand. God delights in showing up when his people are in desperate need of him. Didn't he show up when you were desperate for him? Didn't he show up in that moment? But why don't we continue that? Why do we stop when we're out of trouble? Why do we do that? Why can't we take a good time? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Why can't we get desperate then? Say, God, I want more. I want more. As a church, as a church, are we desperate? Are you desperate? I am. Guys, I don't want to end the series on the Holy Spirit because I feel like some of us, we're going gonna to go right back and, and we've, we've experienced some things, we've changed some things, we've learned some things, we're inspired and it's like, okay, here we go. And you go back. Yeah. Just being a good Christian. He loves to show up. He loves, he loves, he loves to show up when we're desperate for him. Look at at this verse, and, and we're about to wrap it up. Matthew 18, verse 16, he says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What's that say about the church? The church is unstoppable. Now let me ask you a question. Is our church Unstoppable? I believe we're very dependent on personalities. What if we change some people around? I mean, Joe's been here, Joe and Sandy have been here a long time. What if we uh, didn't have them anymore? How would that affect some of you? You know, a couple weeks ago, I, I talked about, you know, I was down in El Salvador and, you know, I was asking some questions about, is this where you want me, God? I had somebody contact me who was afraid. You, you can't go. You can't leave. Really? I'm that important? It was encouraging. You know, I, I was encouraged. <laughs> Guys, the, the, the littlest things can mess our church up. Personalities, divisions, economies. Now let's get it down to a more personal level. What's stopping you? You know, there, there's a leadership dearth in our church right now, a leadership dearth, meaning a, a, a need, their, their needs. We need more people to step forward and, and say, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to lead. I'm ready to take a group, and I will lead that group. I will inspire that group. I will be an example for that group. There's a leadership dearth in our church right now. What's stopping people from stepping forward and leading? Not just saying I'm a leader, but I'm willing to lead. I'm willing to give my life. I'm willing to take some of my time and I'm going to give it to a group or I'm going to give it to this person or I'm going to give it to a situation. I'm willing to do that. What's stopping you? What's stopping us? You know some of you have you have incredible ability to do more than what you're doing right now. What's stopping you? Is it the gates of hell that are stopping you? Or is it your own sinful selfish nature? Happy Father's Day. I mean, guys, we got to have a talk. I mean, God has given us something so incredible, the Holy Spirit, and we get, we get bent out of shape by this person, this situation, and we're totally stoppable. You are totally stoppable. And Jesus died for you. He didn't die so you would be stoppable. He, he died so that we would be unstoppable. I mean... Let's, just, let's look at the book of Acts let's look at the church they, they killed Stephen they're, they're, that'd be like Mike our up and coming leader they killed him what's going to happen to teens There's, he killed a guy they didn't stop there they killed James John's brother one of the apostles they killed him then they were going to kill Peter Man, it was it was intense. They were arresting Christians. You'd show up to, let's say Tuesday night, Tuesday night. Someone doesn't show up on Tuesday night, and it's not because they were tired from work and they didn't show up. No, they're missing. His wife doesn't know where he is. His family doesn't know. He, he didn't come home from work. He's gone. He's missing. Oh, yeah, the, the authorities got him, and they're going to kill him tomorrow this was the day in life of Christians in the first and second century did it stop the church did it stop the church then what's stopping us come on what's stopping you from growing out your marriage just your marriage you you are focused on the petty piddly things and it's like Jesus saying and I want I want you to know something The gates of hell are a lot closer to our church, to our society, to our nation than we realize. I mean, they're right there. It's right there. And we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to dinner and lunch and, you know, and, yeah, I'm going to chill out this afternoon, watch the ball game, watch the U.S. Open. Guys, we're we're clueless. We're clued out. I mean, it's like, whoa, do you understand the spiritual battle? They're killing people. In churches. There's no other way to define that. Then people are way off the edge in an evil sense. What's gonna stop evil? Let me ask you the question. What's gonna stop evil? Indifference? Just just I don't care mode? I'm, Oh, I'm really sorry for those people in Charleston and their families, and it's sad. It's so sad. Oh, it's so sad. What will stop that? What can I do in California? I'm just here in California. I can't, I can't make a difference there where these tragedies happen. I'm, I'm here. Trust me. You live as a follower of Jesus, you can stop a lot. You can stop a lot. You can stop one person from going off the rails. You can stop a marriage from splitting up. And a marriage that splits up creates a fallout with the children, and those children become they become unsettled and 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 really it, it's all it's all a snowball effect. Let's stop and think. The gates of Hades are really close. It's not time for us to be checked out. And if you're a guest here today, welcome to the Lighthouse Church of Christ. But I want you to understand something. Some of you who are guests here today, the gates of Hades are really close to your house. And I'm not trying to scare you. It's a reality. And it doesn't happen until you're, you're, like, you're, up, you're up against it. And you're going, oh, my life is really a mess right now. I could have been prevented. So, guys, let's, let's, let's become supernatural Christians and supernatural church. And it really comes down to investing more time with God and people and serving and letting, letting go. Lose your life for him so that he can work in us. So let's just wrap it up. What will be your biography? I mean, let's just say someone wrote a book about you. What are they going to say? He was a good man. He was this. He was that. Well, there'll be some things in that book that are Un, you, you, undescribable. You just can't. Descri- you can't explain it away. That's what God wants to understand. Is that is what God wants to do in our lives? Hear me. He don't want you to be a good church person. He wants to transform your life, your marriage, your family. He wants to do some things that'll blow you away. That they'll write a book about. Say. He or she wasn't the issue. It was God in them, and God is awesome. They'll give glory to God because of you. And would they describe your life as a supernatural one? Um, yesterday, I got to tell you about uh, a meeting we had with a couple from another region, and I came over to the house. We were having lunch, and they said, uh, "Hey, we're we're about to retire." And, you know, we're talking about 25, 30 year career, hard work, pretty high-powered company. And so we're about to retire, and we took a mission trip last year to Central America, and you know, for our retirement, we, we, we wanna go down there and live. Really? Why would you do that? Because we, pro- we felt prompted, this is what they said, we felt prompted like God to do it. And I said, "Whoa, we're in the presence of something that's not normal. This isn't normal. This right here isn't normal. Normal is I'm going to retire and peace out. I'm done. You may find me in the back, right back there, and I'll be chilling out in in my shirt with my, you know, shirt tails out, and I'm chilling, my flip-flops and shorts no 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 late 50s early 60s going on the mission field in Central America in places that are not safe when your kids are getting married and growing up and having grandchildren here in California you want to do that? are you sure you want to do that? it was not a question at all and we came to you because you got connections there in Central America, and we want to know how this is going to work out. And I, I just got inspired. i got to tell you guys, I got inspired. That, to me, is what I would call supernatural. Not normal. Are you ready to get supernatural? Okay? I want to invite you to It's so much fun, and I I, I had to tell them, you know, because you got to tell people, it's not going to be easy, but you guys are going to experience the wildest ride of your life, and it's going to be so much fun, and you're going to have so much fulfillment. You're going to change people's lives that it's going to go from generation to generation to generation, and not only that, there are some really cool spots that you can visit in Central America. You guys are going to have a cool retirement. You know, it's true. Here's the, here's the deal. All of us like to look, oh, if I give my life to Jesus, it's going to be all sacrifice, and I'm going to be so sad, and so it's going to be so hard. And No, 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 guys, listen. It is so much fun because you get to, God, God blesses us with so much fun in relationships. You get to enjoy it. It's exciting. It's not burdensome. It's fun. And yes, you get to do some things that are fun on the side. He's not going to abstain that from you. So that's our series on Forgotten God. And and I just want to say to some of you guys, because some of you have been really going after this, please don't let anyone or anything stop you from your pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because I know how it works. Yeah, he'll calm down a little bit. She'll calm down a little bit. And we hear it enough. Are you sure you want to go to that extreme? Are you sure you want to do all that? And we go, yeah, I guess it's a little too much. It happens to churches all over the place. And we calm down and we settle down and we get off the edge. Please don't let that happen. I I really want to encourage you, fan the flame for some of you. Fan the flame. And for other of you, I, I just want to encourage you, please give God a chance to show you some things that you, you really want to see in your life and your family. Give him a chance. Uh, I'm going to ask us all to stand up together to finish out. And, and we've run a little bit over, but I, I think this is really important for us. Francis Chan, in his book, he, he wrote a prayer. And, and you know what? We're going we're to cancel the, the song, okay? We're going to cancel a song. Listen, this is, this is serious. Francis Chan wrote a prayer at the end of his book. And I want to read it and I want to pray it together as a church. And I really want you to hear these words and pray these words with me because I believe this could be a really, really important time in our church for us to see God work in our lives individually and as a church. So bow your heads with me and let's pray. Holy Spirit, we know that you have done we have done wrong by you. Please forgive us for grieving, resisting and quenching you. We have resisted you through sin, through our rebellion, through our hardness of heart. At times we've been spiritually blind. At other times, we know, that you wanted to, you, we, we know that you wanted to do great things with us, but we chose to ignore your promptings. Yet this is not how we want to live. We need you to change us. Only through you can we truly worship. Spirit of the Lord, you are the one who brings us to a place where we can worship. You are the spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of life. Thank you for the truth, the holiness and the life that you give us. We need your wisdom and understanding and we seek to live this life. Keep us from disbelief. Keep us from fear. We need your strength to help us do what you are asking us to do and to live how you are asking us to live. Speak loudly to us. And drown out the other voices calling us to conform to the patterns of this world. You are the spirit of self-control and love. Give us the self-control needed to deny our flesh and follow you. Give us a love strong enough to motivate courageous action. Manifest yourself in us that we may serve you and love your bride, the church, as you do Come, Holy Spirit, come. We don't know exactly what it means and looks like for each one of us yet, in particular places you've called us to inhabit. But nonetheless, whatever it means, we ask you for your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the series that you've inspired us. You've challenged us. God, and we come back to the, the place that we re- remember that you love us so much that you gave us everything we would need to live this life. And the truth be told, Father, we cannot live lives as disciples without your Holy Spirit. Many of us have failed. We've gotten burdened and weary and burnt out. But with your Spirit... As Paul said, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, bless our afternoon. God, thank you for being the dad of all dads. Thank you for loving us in spite of our failures and shortcomings, and God, we love you back. Please help us today. Bless your church, not just our church, but your church worldwide. God, we want to see Jesus' name lifted up. We want to see more testimonies of people who forgive in the the shadow of death and destruction. Thank you for those examples. Please encourage the church in Charleston and other churches that are facing the, the, the church in Burundi. We pray for that church in the shadow of civil war and starvation. Please help our brothers and sisters. We love you. Thank you, Father. Bless us today, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name, Amen. I'm going to ask you in uh, in honor of Father's Day. I'm going to ask you to take your fathers outside and take them wherever you're going to go. We've got a Latin service, but thank.